There's an old wooden cross on top of a hill. And there's a grave that's been empty for thousands of years. There is grace and forgiveness at the table he said. Father's love poured out for us. We won't forget flesh and bone, blood and timber, bread and wine. We remember hearts of stone, slaved in prison, found their freedom in surrender. The veil was torn, the gates swing open, the battle's won, the war is over. Flesh and bone, blood and timber, bread and wine. We remember. Never asked for anything, he just wanted our hearts. You say the price you paid for us is worth every scar. Still you meet us with mercy and our shame and our sin. Father's love poured out for us again and again. Flesh and bone, blood and timber, bread and wine. We remember hearts of stone, slaved in prison, found their freedom in surrender. The veil was torn, the gates swing open, the battle's won, the war is over. Flesh and bone, blood and timber, bread and wine. We remember. Oh, we remember, oh yeah. Nothing can separate what the good Lord brings together. And if you know His love, then raise your cup. Hallelujah, we remember. Nothing can separate what the good Lord brings together. If you know his love, then raise your cup. Hallelujah, we surrender. Nothing can separate what the good Lord brings together. So if you know his love, then raise your cup. Hallelujah, we remember. Flesh and bone, blood and timber, bread and wine, we remember. Hearts of stone, slaved in prison, found their freedom in surrender. The veil was torn, the gates swing open, the battle's won, the war is over. Flesh and bone, blood and timber, bread and wine, be remembered. Flesh and bone, blood and timber, bread and wine, be remembered. Father God, we do thank you for the day that you bless us with, Father. To be able to gather with other believers, Father. To be able to sing songs of praise to your name. To be able to worship together and to be able to hear your word preached. And uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, pierce our hearts with your word, Father. Cleanse us, Father, um, of our sin and make us holy before you, Father. And it's only through the blood of Jesus that, you, that, is, that is able to happen, Father. And we praise you for him. And Father, may we not take this lightly of what we were about to enter into to be able to remember the sacrifice that you've uh, laid your life down for, Father. We thank you for all that you do for us and ask that you would be with Brother Jeff as he brings a portion of your word this morning, Father. 
open our hearts to receive it and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Clay. Awesome, wonderful song having to do with our subject this morning is the Lord's Supper. This wonderful observance that we have given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ in order for us to remember. So the title of the message this morning is In Remembrance. There's a purpose in what we do. There's, we follow this, we, we are obedient whenever we do this because Jesus instructed His disciples and further out the church so that we could remember the sacrifice that He had or made for us. So turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22 this morning. In Luke chapter 10, 22, we're going to begin in verse 7, and then we're going to go through verse 20 together. In remembrance. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. It's great to, it's great to be together with brothers and sisters in Christ. What an amazing opportunity we have today to enter into His presence and praise Him for what He's done for us. Not just this last week, but our whole lives. And as we participate in the Lord's Supper, that's exactly what we're doing. We're paying honor, we're giving glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords for what He has done for us. So as we begin reading God's Word, we're going to begin in verse 7, so let's read verse 7 together. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed or sacrificed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water, Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you will say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room. There make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. This morning, as we get ready to come before the table of the Lord's Supper, let's remember what this is all about. Let's pray together. 
Father, you are an amazing and wonderful God, long-suffering toward us, gracious and merciful, giving us exactly what we need and not what we deserve. Thank you. As we enter into this time of studying your word, may your spirit teach us. May we be open to what you have to say to us today. I pray, Father, that all of those here this morning that know you and worship you, who have accepted you as Lord and Savior, will, Father, surrender themselves completely to you. And all those who have not yet trusted you, that they will come before you in complete surrender as well. We need you today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So going back to verse 7, the, the setting of this particular uh, Lord's Supper, the institution of the Lord's Supper, was the Passover. Then came the day of unleavened bread, which when the Passover must be killed. Passover was instituted by God while the Israelites were in Egypt, and it was the last an ultimate plague against the Egyptians in order to free the Israelites, Israelites from captivity, from slavery. So the Lord went out at midnight and slew all the firstborn in the nation, in the country that did not have the lamb's blood over the doorpost. The Passover. He passed over that house if the lamb's blood was on the doorpost. And they celebrated it every year, the Passover. And with the celebration, they would have to, to slaughter a lamb. They would have to kill a sacrifice. So the scripture says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And then Jesus sends His disciples to prepare for it. And then we get to verse 14. It says, When the hour had come, He sat down and the twelve apostles with Him. Then He said to them, With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So the first thing I want us to remember today is what He did. Let's take a look at what Jesus... Now, you're sitting in church, you've heard this a thousand times, maybe, maybe not. But here's the truth, here's, here's what we're talking about. This has a purpose, this has a meaning that goes much farther than the grape juice and the bread. And just the going through of the observance. This goes all the way back to Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross. What He did... Listen to what Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Every year the Israelites would slaughter a lamb, and with that death, their sins were covered for a year. They weren't atoned for. They were just covered for a time. It was not a complete atonement. It was not a complete forgiveness. But because it was an animal... And the blood was spilled, shed, poured out, life was taken. They were able to, for one year, have their sins covered. In Exodus chapter 12, when the Lord was instituting this uh, Passover, He told the Israelites there, 
the lamb that you choose shall be without blemish. And that means nothing wrong with it. Perfect. Without blemish. So now the sacrifice for sins at the time of Jesus had become a money proposition. Those who were in charge of the sacrifices, they sold the only approved lambs at a higher price than you can get any other lamb. So it was perverted. It was, it was diluted. It, it, was, it had become a, a, uh, a money-making proposition. But the, the atonement, the atonement, the lamb had to be perfect. So you look back at what's about to happen, what Jesus did for us. He had to be perfect. And he was. No sin in the life of Jesus. Completely submitted to God's will, God's way, every day of his life. Not one blemish, not one lie, not one act of rebellion against God, complete obedience to the Almighty. So Jesus presented Himself as the sacrificial lamb. He, pre he presented Himself knowing what was going to happen from the foundation of the world, knowing all his life where he was headed, what was coming to, and the reason that he went to Jerusalem, he told his disciples, he says, I'm going there because I am going to be handled by the Pharisees and Sadducees. I'm going to be taken by the Romans. I'm going to be sacrificed. So he knew what was coming. So remember, putting himself in that position, putting himself there completely, now, in the garden, he prayed to God, Lord, if there's any other way, let's do that. But I surrender myself to you. I surrender myself to your plan, your purpose. And he went forward knowing what was going to happen. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, is, He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. Did they take Jesus' life from Him? No. He gave it. it. The Scripture says, He sacrificed Himself. I'm taken back uh, to the Old Testament when Abraham and Isaac, God called Abraham to offer his son Isaac up on the altar that he, in a place He would show him. They went there, and Isaac asked his father, says, uh, Lord, I got, he said, uh, Father, we've got the wood. Uh, we've got everything that we need, but we don't have a sacrifice. And Abraham said, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. Now listen, moving into the New Testament, the Lord will provide himself as the sacrifice. In the Old Testament, God did provide a ram there for Abraham. In the New Testament, God did provide the perfect, sinless, blemishless Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, sinless for us. Remember what He did in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what did Jesus do? 
remembering what he did, he died for us. You. He gave himself, he sacrificed himself so that you could have the benefits of what he is bringing. Which brings us to the next point. First of all, we need to remember what he did, and then we need to remember what it cost. You see, we get salvation full and free. And what it costs us is to submit ourselves to Him, which is better for us than anything we can do anyway. So even if we consider it a sacrifice to to serve God and surrender ourselves to Him, it's going to benefit us greatly anyway. So it's not really a sacrifice. But what did it cost Jesus for us? to receive what we have received in Him. The first thing that I thought of was humiliation. Because, listen, you're sitting on the throne of all creation. You are all-powerful. Everything comes before you to ask for permission for anything. You hold everything together because you created it. You make the earth spin, you make the sun shine. You make the seasons come and go. You you cause animals to spring up uh, according to their kind. And now, now your creation needs to be saved, redeemed. And the King of glory, the King of heaven, the highest position ever, He steps off of His throne. The Creator becomes a part of His creation. Imagine with me for a moment the President of the United United States, if he gets impeached, it is humiliation. When he removes himself or when he is removed from his office, never to serve again because of the shame that he has gone through. But Jesus steps out of his rightful authority, his rightful place, and humbles himself. The scripture says, humbles himself to the point of death. The first place, the first thing that I think of is Jesus' humiliation because His creatures grabbed Him, arrested Him, beat Him, spat upon Him, and ultimately killed Him. All the while, He had the power, He had the authority to stop it at any moment. Could He have said, to the person who slapped him and spat upon him, die. Yes, he could have, and they'd have been gone. But he didn't. He received the humiliation and shame that his position, that the sacrifice needed. The the Old Testament Scripture says he was silent like a lamb led to the slaughter. The humiliation. That's what it cost him. But then you've got to look at the suffering. 
Listen to what Jesus said in verse 15 of Luke 22. With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Imagine that. Knowing what's coming. Jesus is talking to His disciples and, and He's telling them everything that's going to happen. He, he's saying, this is what, we're going through this right now. And everything's quiet and peaceful. Everything's worshipful. But in a little while, I'm going to suffer beyond belief. Imagine knowing that you were going to get beaten with a cat of nine tails to the point to where, literally to the point of death. Imagine knowing that they're going to slam a crown of thorns on your head and then hit you with a rod over the top of that, causing severe pain just to your head. And then think about all the, all the beating, all the mistreatment that he took, and then they're going to lay a cross on you and make you tote it until you literally can't tote it anymore. The suffering we can't imagine. At the point after Jesus' death, it says that he was pierced with a sword or spear, and there was water and blood that flowed. And the trauma that the body has to undergo to produce that water and blood flow was so severe that we can't imagine. You know, I get a paper cut and I start crying. But the Lord Jesus, knowing that it was coming, did it anyway. Because there was purpose in what He was doing. What did he do? What did it cost? What did it cost him? He suffered so greatly for us. What he did was died for us. What did it cost him? He suffered beyond our imagination. And then, what I want us to remember the most today Yes, I want you to remember what he did. Yes, I want you to remember what it cost him. But I also want you to remember the result of what he did. The result of what it cost him. The purpose behind everything that he did. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 53. In Isaiah chapter 53, we get the suffering servant passage. Now I'm going to begin... In verse 4, and read through the end of the chapter. As I do that, let's read this together. Surely He has borne our griefs. He, being the Messiah, the one who would come to take away the sins of the world, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet He will not uh, he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and judgment, 
And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, his righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. You know what the result was for us of Jesus' life, death, and uh, burial and resurrection was for us to be redeemed. For us to have our sins forgiven. For us to be able to come into the presence of Almighty God and He see us as righteous because we have Jesus' righteousness applied to us. We have the forgiveness of sins. Our punishment is removed. Remember what it says in Romans 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Because what we have done has earned us death. But Jesus has removed the punishment. The last part of that verse is, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, He removes our punishment and gives us everlasting life. That is the result of Jesus' sacrifice. And, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He redeemed us. That's the result of Him being the sacrificial lamb. That's the result of a sinless life, a sacrificial death, burial, and then resurrection into eternal life. He did it for us so that He could redeem us so that we don't have to face the punishment for our sins, but that He can give us perfection and eternal life. What more could you ask for? You receive the keys to the kingdom when you receive Jesus. But until that time, but until you bow the knee to Jesus and you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you are damned to hell. That's a hard, harsh thought. But it's true. You stand in opposition to God until you bow the knee to Jesus because, uh, and, and accept Him as Lord and Savior. This morning, understand and know what He did. Why He did it. 
understand what it cost him to buy you back from sin, death, hell, and the grave. The power of the evil one. The result of his sacrifice is our redemption. Don't say no to him another day. Don't just cast it aside and say, you know, I'll do it some other time. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, then your sin, the weight of your sins is fully on your shoulders. The punishment will have to be paid by you unless you accept the price that Jesus gave for you, the punishment He will take in your place. And all you have to do is believe that He's the Son of God. Believe that He sacrificed Himself for you to pay for your sins. Believe that He was dead, buried, and resurrected on the third day. And now He stands at the right hand of the Father. And if you believe that, and you say to Him, I know that that's true because I'm a sinner, and I need salvation from the sinless one who, who paid for me, I need that, but also I submit my life to you completely so that you can redeem me completely. If you'll do that today, simply by saying, I need Jesus. I need Him to forgive me of my sins. If you will do that, Jesus will save you. Because you see, He's already suffered for you. And all you have to do is received, receive His gift, His payment. And in the invitation time, you'll have an opportunity to do just that in just a moment. Don't say no this time. Submit yourself completely to Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, You are amazing and wonderful in all Your ways. And, and all that You have provided us, even when we are sinful beings, especially when we are sinful, because, Father, there's not one of us who hasn't sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But because of Your free gift, we get to have the punishment removed because Jesus took it for us. We get to have everlasting life that He provides for us in, in His name. So, Father, this morning, during this invitation time, I ask You, to draw those to Yourself for salvation that need You and Your forgiveness. Father, only You know. So You are in charge of this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please stand for a hymn of invitation. Hymn number 134. Hymn 134, and whatever the Lord has spoken to you,